0: Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes.
1: Wolfman's got
0: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep.
0: We have
1: such sights to show you. They're
0: all gonna laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? It- bitch oh that can only mean one thing that's right we are gonna be talking about Dream,
1: Warriors. Dream Warriors. nightmare on elm street part three that's right what but wait <laughs> jacqueline <laughs> you, <laughs> you never reviewed nightmare on elm street one that's just crazy
0: well, you know what? We're crazy like that over here at Ghoul Central. Three outside of the original is probably, I think among fans, one of the best ones. I agree. Yeah.
1: Because we both instantly said three when yeah, we mentioned the series. We did. And neither of us went to one first, which would have almost seemed like the more logical one.
0: Go mm-hmm. ahead. I was just going to say, you know what, though? i just it's thinking outside the box.
1: For me, it's that as much as one stands as like, you know, if I'm ever going to talk about good horror um, and I talk about this particular uh, series, I'm going to talk about one. But if I'm talking about the one that like when <laughs> if all that I read on Street Movies are on at the same time, the which one I'm clicking on every time, it's Dream Warriors.
0: Well, also, we kind of just extensively covered one in our Whoa, March point. Madness episodes. See, I didn't think about so, that. I just yeah. blurted out Dream Warriors. For me, it's it's a really, really close tie between Dream Warriors and New Nightmare. Because Wes Craven's New Nightmare is I'll tell you what puts it over the edge. Dream Warriors. Dawkins. Dawkins puts <laughs> it over the edge. I right? may not
1: like put their audio in over mine. I think I might just keep, no, mine. keep I'm it. practically there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Dawkins here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh it's, it's just
1: It's yeah. just yeah. Marissa. Don't be fooled. So let's dive in then. We're talking about a nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors. I just want to sing it. You can every sing time. every can I sing single it time. Every time? <laughs> I might not I have a think voice think left by the end I don't of the
0: think Doc will mind. I don't think Doc will I don't think they'll notice. No, probably not. Maybe
1: they, they'll call me. Like, you know that movie Rockstar? <laughs> like, they'll be like, shnikes. I almost said a curse, but I didn't. I'm trying to just like only curse when absolutely necessary. When we really need to drive a point home. Okay. And, you know, one of the uh, Jersey Ghouls contributors, Joe Costal, one of our regulars, um, is, is very
0: upset that I can't stop cursing. But I can't do it. You know what? I don't think we intentionally do it. Like, I know for me, it's just kinda like, it just kind of like, it just kind of comes out. I'm
1: yeah, not, I'm like, not I don't, like, I don't plan. Yeah, like, I don't, you know
0: I'm like, I don't pepper it in for any sort of No, you're not like emphasis. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to, it just kind of comes out naturally sometimes. Right.
1: But I keep thinking about the fact that, like, the little kids out there can't get our podcast because you we can't resist ourselves from dropping an f bomb. What if we did the beep? with that like we can I'll, try? I'll manually
0: record myself going beep. <laughs> or if we're smart enough, we can kind of just edit ourselves. And if we're getting worked up about something, we can just kind of like take some in control over ourselves. <laughs> Still have not yet recorded yeah. an intro. All right, you're up. So tonight we are going to be discussing 1987's A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, Dream Warrior. So this
1: one, of course, the screenplay was originally written by Wes Craven and right. Bruce Wagner. But then apparently, studio no like,
0: it was very, it was like dark, was legi- it was vulgar. like, it, it like was, it, yeah, like uncomfortably like so. Freddie called Nancy a see you next Tuesday. I know. And he threatened to
1: do something with somebody's tiny hole <laughs> <laughs> which i gotta tell you that's like a whole new level for Frank. Yeah. that would like shatter all my images of him as like
0: a fun-loving <laughs> mass murderer <laughs> Like good time with charlie did west walk away or did new line cinema buddha's ass yeah yeah but why would he ever work with them again Well, I mean, it wasn't as if they said, like, hey, come direct it. Hey, come be involved. They said, write a script. Write a first draft. And, I mean, how many times – okay, I'm going to talk out my ass because I know anything about Hollywood. How many times does the first draft of a script become, you know – Never. The final draft of the script. He wrote this script with Bruce Wagner. It was dark. It was vulgar. Freddie just was kind of like a whole new monster. And New Line Cinema. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> New Line Cinema kind of took a look at it and was like, it just, it didn't feel right. Like, it just didn't feel, I guess, Freddy? Yeah, I,
1: I think <sighs> it took, I think it took him in the direction that they weren't ready to yeah. go. Quite so I think they it made it. It would have been a, you know what? It would have been a Wes Craven horror film. Yeah. Like, the the discomfort we're talking about in this, like, in his version would have been, it would have been like, Freddy Krueger visits the last house on the left.
0: And you know what? Had Wes Craven's scripts and his ideas come to fruition. That's
1: exactly what it would have been.
0: It I don't think we would have had the Freddy, the 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 funny one-liner pop culturey Freddy that we have now. That really started to bloom in the third one and had we had the original Wes Craven version, we might not have that pop culturey Freddy that we know and love. Yeah, yeah, although one of the things
1: I do want to talk about is how, like, comedy and satire kind of killed Freddie in a lot of ways and how, I don't know, I don't know. I I have, like, a love-hate relationship with how they made him so campy as the films progressed, and they bought it back with New Nightmare. Like, they made it pretty, it was still campy as hell, but...
0: See, not for New Nightmare. By the time, when New Nightmare happened, and it's something they they even talked about it within the film itself because... Guys, if you haven't seen New Nightmare, please take a second and go watch New Nightmare because, you know what, as silly and as campy and as whatever you want to call all of the sequels post the original, get to New Nightmare, they bring it full circle. The actual Freddy costume and the Freddy makeup is different in New Nightmare because it's more evil. It's like the concentration of the evil because they talk about how Freddy, Freddy is just its current incarnation and it's this evil that just is always there and that evil just kind of manifested itself into this idea that Wes Craven had and it became Freddy and then the popularity and the legend of Freddy Krueger you know, became so widespread and so loved that that particularly evil continued to manifest in that and then it kind of died down and the movies were done being made and yeah, he right. brought it back. And I mean, it, seriously. It's, really, it's brilliant. It's so well done to yeah. do the movie within a movie kind of aspect. And, yeah, and seriously, to do that well, no
1: less. Because so many people try that whole, like... Yeah. That whole trope. And seriously, guys, so go, go watch that. Yeah. So... All right, let's talk about the stars here. Of course, we have Robert England returning as Freddy. We have your girl, <clears throat> Heather Landkamp.
0: We've got uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, this is her first movie ever. We've got John
1: Saxon, my mm. favorite nincompoop cop <laughs> <laughs>
0: from horror. He's yeah. actually
1: not that bad. He's not. He was Black
0: Christmas, he's good. He's good. He was a little bit of a drunkard. And a little in bit of a creeper. Time.
1: You say Creeper. I don't say Creeper. I totally think there's an incestual undertow. We'll talk about that later. Um, And then, of course, my boy and yours, Larry. I can't even say. Larry Lawrence. No, he's not. No, he's Larry Fishburne. The
0: credits were rolling in the beginning of the movie and it said Larry Fishburne. And And it's like, what is that like related to Lawrence Fishburne? And we put two and two together that Larry is a shorter name for Lawrence and. Oh, okay, sure yeah. enough. Yep, yeah. it was him. That is Cowboy Curtis in the flesh. Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> Hearing that he probably got a little bit of notoriety and maybe wanted to be more professional than Larry Fishburne. Yeah. And became Lawrence. When
1: he became a serious actor. He
0: became a serious actor. He <laughs> became Lawrence He Fishburne. was. He was
1: Lawrence. But um, nonetheless, a I would say mediocre cast. I would say the only people who pull their weight are those guys. I mean, the rest of those other kids never did anything, right?
0: nothing that I, I feel like I've you know what I was gonna say I feel like I've seen Joey the guy who played Joey and something else but then I, I remember me too. yeah he's in the next nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> that is exactly where we've seen him is that he, all he's done he and Kincaid I'm sure Kincaid comes thing. back yeah he That's and right. Kincaid come dies back. right they both die in the beginning of the fourth or uh, fifth one no, no fourth should, one no, fourth yeah they they, they both come fourth back fourth
1: is dream master right? fourth is
0: dream master they and both then, come yeah. back in dream master <laughs> fun <laughs> fact Ooh. In Dream Master, the character of Kristen is there as well. But Patricia Arquette did not continue on in this and a another actress How took over. She? And the only reason that I this actress sticks out is because she has one of those memorable names that you like never forget. Her name is Tuesday Night. Wow. For serious. Do you want to be an night. unforgettable actress? You have a fucking yeah, name porn. like Tuesday night. <laughs> It's a typical horror movie cast. You know, you yeah, might know like one or of, two people. Yeah. You know these people because you've seen this particular movie a couple of times. And then you are not going to know these people ever again.
1: You know what it's time for? It's time for the Jackie synopsis.
0: Uh, okay, let's, let's oh, man, synopsis. I'm so ready for let's you to synopsis. summarize this
1: movie for, the, for everyone.
0: There's so mu- you know what, and I try to keep my synopsis. Conte- right.
1: You know, s- synopsis.
0: No. Do you want me to do synopsis? <laughs> <laughs> now? <laughs> so their girl named Kristen. <laughs> she peeled potato. No.
1: Synopsis are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I'm ready.
1: This is right your best yet. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> because she peeled potato? <laughs> she worked in factory, peeled potato.
1: She died, the end.
0: She gets stabbed with knife. <laughs> and then there's someone else peeled potato. Because the wheel, it keeps on moving.
1: Yeah, that's all we need. All right. The Thanks, Jackie. That was perfect. <laughs> that was about as good as we've gotten from you. Maybe perhaps the most cohesive <laughs> of all your summaries thus far.
0: You're like, maybe, nay. Nay. It is <laughs> the most cohesive.
1: No, what do you think? You want to try that in English there? Tchaikovsky?
0: <laughs> you're, the, you're the one that synopsied me. <laughs> I'll synopsy you. <laughs>
1: um,
0: go ahead.
1: Give us your synopsis. Here's my
0: synopsis. Okay. So we meet Kristen. We do. We do. And That's Kristen, Patricia Arquette. Yes. Kristen, who is played by Patricia there Arquette. We find out she's been having some nightmares. Uh, Her mother really, like, kind of only half gives a crap about it. It's just there's so much that goes on. So I'm actually going to gloss over parts. I'm going to get to the meaty parts You always gloss over (laughs) everything. What's the meat for you? I'm curious. We meet a Uh, group of teenagers in a mental health institution that have all attempted suicide. They all have various uh mental issues now i don't like the uh, yeah Thanks. i'm way too clinical because i'm like i'm sitting here i'm like the schizo effective one in the chair and i'm, I'm getting <laughs> too <laughs> clinical <The laughs> let
1: me let me help you out here
0: okay so we meet a group of teenagers in a Kids. mental health sure. institution who
1: are as they say professionally cuckoo for
0: <laughs> <laughs> up in the loony bin we're we <laughs> <meet> the <they're laughs> <Nazi> goo goo <laughs> that's not no no good they have some stuff
1: going on. They all do. Right? We
0: meet a group of kids.
1: Jesus Christ. Uh, no. I got you. You take over when Freddy gets there. Okay. So yada, yada, yada. Kids got to mish. They all meet up together. They're in a, a mental health facility. No, I
0: think, you know what? I think we can say, uh, this is 1987. There is a group of kids in a mental suit.
1: <laughs> yes, we can say it, but you can't. But the rest of us can. <laughs> in a, a mental <laughs> institute.
0: Was that what they called it in the 80s? <laughs> There are a group of kids in a mental institution, and they. Why do we really not call them mental institutions anymore? Uh, uh, mental health facilities. Yeah. So, we haven't synopsis. I, I we haven't gotten past the kids in the mental. All right, so
1: th- we get it. We these kids are going through some stuff at their mental facility. Go,
0: just go. Fucking Freddy shows
1: up. You <laughs> <laughs> see, I cannot. Cry. Freddy
0: shows up. He starts killing them one by one. Yeah, they have to group yeah. together. Nancy comes back as a grad student and starts to assist Dr. Gordon in the group. Is that his name, Dr. Gordon? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dr. Gordon in the group sessions that all of the kids have together. Right, because
1: those two grad school classes she took yes. made her
0: very qualified. Yeah, she apparently is like the whiz kid at grad school. So they she set her an a out. She in Psych 101. <laughs> they were like,
1: get out there, champ.
0: <laughs> they set her out. Uh no, so she comes to assist Doctor Gordon, and it's discovered that these kids are having dreams that Nancy finds familiar, and she puts two and two together, and guess what? freddie's back.
1: Hot damn! <sighs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, and God.
0: Uh yeah, uh, no, go ahead. You I don't chime somebody. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I forgot. There's like a whole other plot after that. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the main plot. Yeah. Die, die, Not die. In, yeah. But you yeah. Know. So Freddie comes that was back. Thousand maniacs. And yes, we meet. That's actually. Okay. Well, no, that's a good point. Amanda Krueger. We get the first little inkling of Freddie's backstory right. in this when we meet a nun who starts to explain to Dr. Gordon that Freddie was conceived by a hundred maniacs. There was a a thousand. Yeah, thousand I made that up. <laughs> yeah, it's not a thousand. It's hundred, a hundred. A hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, a nun was accidentally locked in the facility over a weekend. And over they Christmas did, weekend. They did not know it, and she was raped repeatedly. And Oi. yeah, son of a hundred maniacs.
1: I guarantee you that was in Wes Craven's original version.
0: It probably was. Right? Like knowing yeah, him and knowing his was. style of storytelling. But yeah, so we like get the first real kind of uh, backstory. So now, like major backstory yeah. on Freddy Krueger. So
1: here's my question to you: Do we like Freddy more or less with a backstory? Does it change anything?
0: I'm gonna say that I personally like Freddy more with Me the too. backstory. In this case, in in this instance with this character, because unlike the Michael Myers character, who we both have said. No backstory. He kind of comes out of nowhere. He does his thing and he goes away kind of thing. Like that is appropriate. In this instance, I feel like the backstory is not only appropriate, but like we want it. We want to know. Yeah. Because all we know from the first movie is that there's this guy. He was taking the kids. The parents got pissed. They, you know, exacted their own revenge and they burned him. And now he's coming back in dreams. Like It's very elaborate. So I think that the fact that we're getting... And I like that through several movies, it wasn't like they made one movie and they just dumped his entire backstory on us. I like that. And I don't think this was planned in any way, shape, or form, but it's just the way that it went, that we get little parts of his backstory throughout all of the sequels. Yeah. And, that, and like I said, for me personally, I think that... The more we figure out who Freddy is, and now, like I said, this movie Part Three delves into a fair bit of his background, learning about you know the son of a hundred maniacs and the whole nine, and then that is continued. I know in Part Five, Dream Master. No, no,
1: four is Dream Master. Four is Dream Master. Five is the dream, child. dream
0: Child. It's continued. Well, it is continued throughout, especially in Dream Child. And then when you get to Freddy's dead, mm-hmm. the final nightmare. Yeah. P.S. It's not the final nightmare. Yeah. But that For is that is nothing but backstory. Like that's a whole new view into Freddy because you actually get to see Freddy as a child. It, it's a, so. But arguably one of the weakest entries in the series, though. Oh,
1: interestingly. Yeah.
0: I, I will. Uh, you know what? It's like I'll take Freddy part two generally wow. over that one yeah like yeah. it's pretty it's it's pretty part two is just surreal
1: <laughs> for lack of a better term and I, like i said i applaud that as like a possible gay rights film i kind of love it like i think it's a it's a good piece but on the other hand it's like they, they didn't know what to do with Freddie yet they yeah. had this like character and they they knew some of the stuff that works so they kind of just Yeah,
0: it was definitely weak. Yeah. It was definitely weak, but but yeah, Freddy's Dad the Final Nightmare when you saw it in the movie theater, you actually had like a signal that, that said like oh, that's right. put, put your on your 3D low. glasses on right. now Remember because when we go into like Freddy's yeah. dream world, you'll
1: have That's right. It was Remember all it was 3D gimmick? and yeah. yeah,
0: it was very gimmicky. It was, you know, cool for for what it was. For what it was, yeah. Yeah. but yeah.
1: Um so one of the things that I love about this is definitely like the horror special effects and like puppetry <sighs> that goes into this film. The
0: practical effects in this movie are fantastic. And to me I
1: like as much as I know they don't look real compared to the CGI stuff we do today, to me they hold up like especially like the puppet scene and you know the pu- the little claymation puppet they make of him like those
0: graphics The stop don't work. the stop motion animation works. I'll tell you what doesn't work. It is the computer graphic stuff. It is all the green screen things that they do that does not hold up but the practical effects like the when philip with the uh the when he gets turned into the marionette and literally his ligaments and veins are it just looks so cool like everything about that scene looks awesome
1: and i'm so with you i like pine for the days of old school magic and makeup I for know. special effects I, know. I i appreciate what cgi can do but if it's too heavy it just like it just there's such a disconnect between me and a film that would make up a like you yeah. know old school effects were there it felt so much more real to me for some reason
0: yeah i don't know like and i can again talking out of my ass but like i can imagine that as an actor when you know you're performing with a tennis ball and a green screen behind you like i don't know like is it i know that you can you know your your imagination your you know you're limitless when it comes to cgi But that doesn't always make it better, you know, like, and and I feel like
1: you had to really earn it back then.
0: And especially something like with practical effects. Okay, like, say I wanted to make a movie right now. I couldn't do anything CGI, you know, outside of maybe, maybe a green screen thing that I figured out how to do in, like, Photoshop or Premiere. Or... I can do practical effects because I can look online and figure out how to, you know, with a little bit of, you know, latex or toilet paper and glue, I can, you know, make your neck wound, you know, spurt blood. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like with practical effects, you can do it on a budget. You know, that's something that you, if you're smart enough, if you're clever enough to figure out, you know, how to make this thing, you know, how to, you know, we can tie some fishing string on the end of a, you know, doorknob and pull it and it looks like an invisible hand has just, you know, closed the door. I don't know. I just feel like practical effects They're are still d- the
1: poor man's. Uh,
0: yeah, I, it's just, it's, I'll take that. I'll take that I over agree. a CGI any day. Absolutely any day.
1: Uh, me too. And, and while, like I said, while I enjoy effects, I feel like the most, and another like thing I would argue to support that is that think of like the the horror movies that have rocked your world in the past like five years not a one of them was effects heavy yeah like let the right one in
0: Mm -mm.
1: classic old school kind of effects if you ask me um yeah a girl walks home (laughs) at night i know what not one of your favorites but nonetheless very low budge and it's like it didn't really need any effects the movies that have blown me away over the past couple couple years haven't really been the ones that are like crazy effects yes there's a lot of blood and gore but i still think they're doing those things practically look by and large a lot now yeah you know like a film like you know uh, i'm trying to think of like like get out if assuming there was of well, because <laughs> i didn't see it, but like a film like get out I, I think that they're still using those practical horror effects and so they still matter but i can't think of a single one where i was like uh, oh, i loved it because of all the special effects yeah maybe uh what's it called that one with the eye it's like another world, and the sun. Insidious. Oh, okay. Maybe Insidious.
0: Yeah. Um, Cabin in the
1: Woods, that was good CGI, but even that felt hokey at times. Like in the scene where all, all the monsters yeah. come out, yeah. you feel the CGI of that, don't you? Yeah,
0: especially in the elevator when they're going down, that like and they're in the cubes. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: that feels mm. contrived. Not that it detracts from the movie, but right.
0: Um. Yeah. No. But just and it like the the budget that this movie. The budget that Nightmare 3 had was pretty much all spent on special effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you've got that giant Freddy worm in the beginning. Do you want to talk about the Freddy worm?
1: No, I'm, g- I'm going to save my Freddy worm because that comes up again and <laughs> okay. again. No pun intended. Um, But I, what I do want to talk about is like how I feel like this series for be Well, first of all, is this the
0: slasher film? Absolutely.
1: No, it's so much more than that. Don't give me that look. <laughs> you don't scare me. Yes, you do. But don't <laughs> give me that look. Um,
0: How is this It not? has
1: elements of a slasher. But I think it it transcends that bound and gets so much more complicated. I think you've got a supernatural element. You've got like the pure evil versus pure good, you know, like sins of the father trope
0: going on. Yeah, but it's no different than the first one. Would you call the first one a slasher? No,
1: I wouldn't. I would. Ca- I wouldn't call any of the films in this series a slasher film in, in earnest. Jason, slasher films. Texas Chainsaw, slasher films.
0: Oh, Texas but Chainsaw's not a slasher film. Why
1: are you, you are out of your bird. <laughs> have you lost your mind? I will help you find it. <laughs> because, dude... Okay, here's my argument. You ready? Ready. A slasher film. You have one killer who has a space in which they kill. And that space is somehow invaded. And so they enact their... their their, Whatever it is they do. Killings. Okay as you see this trope you see it in like Friday the 13th movies you see it in Texas Chainsaw movies you see it in what other big slashers are there like give me an example of another slasher series Halloween Halloween. Black Christmas so in a slasher film by definition you have this killer whose space is somehow invaded and then goes on to just endlessly and relentlessly kill a long line of, of people right and then maybe there's the final girl. Maybe there's somebody who survives. Freddy is so much more complicated and nuanced than that. Freddy only exists as like a manifestation of their parents' sins. Freddy is kind of like a supernatural creature. He go, he lets you come into your... Like, he, he gets you through your dreams. He comes to your realm instead of you going to his.
0: Aren't the dreams itself... that The dream world is his realm you that, that you are, that are going argument, to.
1: But... You could make that argument. I think you'd be fair to make that argument. But don't forget, every dream takes on the personality of the person he's killing. Not in the first one, but in all the other ones. Right? Yeah, but it's... The weird, creepy, sadistic coach gets whipped to death in his locker room because he's a creeper in part two. In part three, the kid who loves puppets becomes a marionette. Like, he he takes your world and uses it against you. It's so much more nuanced. And... In a slasher film, I don't like. Where's the variety in the killings? Where's the backstory that means something? You yourself said he has a backstory that's like almost as important as the, you know.
0: I yeah I I well the variety of killings he kills everybody differently. I think Freddy he a, a does, but most slashers don't. Most don't. Right. So I'm saying.
1: I don't know. He's still. It's still an entity of a bunch of teenagers getting hacked one by yeah. one. Yeah. I think slashers in there. I'm not saying it's not. I
0: think it is I think it is more so Than Texas Chainsaw Oh my gosh We'll have to save that debate For another day
1: <laughs> And you know how I know I don't like slashers Like right. you love slashers I love I slashers I could uh, If I never watched Another Fr- Friday the 13th movie I'd be fine If yeah. I never Like the just the mindless slashers Don't do it for me I There's gotta be something A little more Like there's gotta be A little more meat On
0: the old slasher bone And you know what As much as I don't Want to agree with you I'm not fully She's agreeing with you like I with don't you. Screw you hey <laughs> I don't believe... But the least amount of boobs, I think, also is in the Nightmare series. There's not a lot of boobs. Gratu- not a lot of gratuitous There's nudie. not... There is some. Oh, for sure. Especially as the series goes on. Yeah, but there's not, like, a lot of
1: boobs. And I think that each movie has something relevant to say, which, again, slashers never really take that on. Um, Like, for example, this one, I mean... Kudos in 1987 for them for, like, shining light on how terrible mental health services were for teenagers at that time. Yeah. Like, they, much like in the second one where it was a secret, like, gay rights message, they have a social conscience, these films. The first one deals with, like, and again, my theories about incest aside, the, the first one very much so deals with, like, a group of parents who go rogue and do something right. that they're going to, their kids are going to pay for it for the rest of their lives. And that's, an, I think an interesting theme. And then in this one, we have the mental health in the next one. I would, I don't know about the next one. Four and five may not have that. I'd have to watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have to watch them again. Yeah. I mean, but even new nightmare was self-aware. It was like a condemnation yeah. of the film. I industry. would
0: say that for four, I mean, in four, you've got a girl that like needs like, I don't know. Maybe the message in four is about, like, finding self-confidence. Because that's kind of the plot of of part four is this one girl. One girl as all her own. As all of her friends die, she kind of takes on aspects of their personality until finally she's, like, the, she's the warrior. She's the one, she's the one that can take Freddie down because she has gathered strength from all of her friends. Like, you know, she had a karate brother, you know. A karate brother, a brother who studied. Cr- what Would you call him a karate kid? Karate, uh, karate teenager, karate <laughs> adolescent. You know, uh, sweep the leg. Uh, but no, like so. I don't know. Like the self confidence, dream child. I. I don't know. Don't See, uh, and you
1: know me. I'll make an argument that to me four speaks to mater- uh to feminism. Five takes it one step further and talks to the maternal. Okay, and the paternal. And I'm not paternal. even going to say. It. I'm just maybe parenthood yeah. in general. Yeah, but like I'm totally reading a whole lot of garbage oh, into yeah, that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I do think that that, that it makes a little bit of a distinction. I think it makes the series a little more complicated. It, and I think having a um a villain that is so damn charismatic, is what takes it out of just slasher. Because as much as you love like, well again Leatherface, you're not like you know who's a freaking
0: hoot and holler. You know, I just want to pinch his cheeks. Leatherface. Well, okay, if we're going to talk about, you know, Leatherface as a slasher, we can lump him in with Jason and Michael Myers. And again, we have three silent figures. That, that's part to, to Freddie's credit. He is this pop culture icon because we have catchphrases, because we have this personality that went from super serious, scary, stoic Freddie to you know welcome to primetime bitch he he is the most verbal of them
1: right which i think sets and I, him I apart. Yeah, that
0: absolutely lends to you know when you think of those how he becomes more kind of campy and iconic but i mean he grows in popularity he's oh
1: yeah he becomes the hero oh absolutely you root for freddie oh huh, totally well and and the, yeah but not until the late ones i would say Oh yeah, no, absolutely, I'm and especially growing up with these films. Like, I mean, I even up until six, I was freaking terrified of Freddy. Just ask um, my brother how many nights I interrupted his sleep with my being convinced that if I felt. And that was another thing I think it did to our generation. It's like, how do you avoid sleep? You know, like that yeah. that that ever present question of like. You're so screwed because this is something you need to survive and you need to do every day.
0: Oh yeah. You can avoid going to Camp Crystal Lake. You yeah. don't have to go to Camp Crystal right. Lake.
1: That's, see, that's another element. That's a good call. That yeah. sets it apart. But Why yeah, it's there not is
0: there's CS still think th- I I can't I can't say it's not a slasher. It's
1: not traditional slasher? Can we split the
0: difference? I there? think we can split the difference okay. and call it an untraditional slasher because I yeah. That. Yeah, I will.
1: Or maybe it it like sheds the mold of the the slasher trope and goes so much further, I think. But yeah, that's a good point. Like it doesn't, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's... You can't escape it. And it's something that we've talked about before and I know, I don't know if you want to hit the uncanny now about dreams and just, again, like it's something unavoidable.
1: Right, and it it goes back to like our Christmas talks about the familiar. Mm -hmm. Nothing scares you more than when something that's supposed to be very familiar to you and something you're supposed to be in control of turns on you and the example here is like the Freudian dream the, the the dream is our unfamiliar skewering of ourselves and it's scared that's why dreams scare people so badly because it's taking what you know and who you are and arguably according to many your su- subconscious and putting it out there
0: also for the fact that just the idea of the nightmare I mean, your, your, your sleep is just that natural thing that your body does. Like you have to recharge, you have to function, you have to sleep. Like there's no avoiding it. And for, I would say almost everyone in the world, you can't wait to go to sleep. You can't wait to go to bed. When you turn 35, you're like, yes, nine o'clock acceptable bedtime. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, please. You know, it's eight like, o'clock in mo- most, days you know, like me.
0: you, you know, any, any adult, I'll put it that way. Any adult wants to go to sleep. It's something you like when you finally get to rest, you finally get to relax. But in this context, you know, you're, I don't know how I'm trying to word this.
1: No, it's I totally, like, you yeah. know
0: what I mean? Like that, that's your, you know, the, you work all day. Your payoff is to go to bed. <laughs> You know, yeah. you want to rest, you want to oh relax, gosh, like you like, unwind. Yeah, yeah, like you love your like bed. I well, win. now you're going to hate it because now you're going to fall asleep. You're going to have this terrible nightmare. And, and if you die in the dream, you die for real.
1: And as a kid, you hate
0: going to bed, too.
1: Like, oh, yeah. As we witnessed tonight. Like, I mean, it's, it's never fun. And what I think what's interesting, too, is that like this movie, all, this whole series has and plays with the idea of like the innocent small child, like from the little ones who sing the creepy song to the the girl with the jump rope in this one that just happens to be sitting around in the in the boiler room, like what? What does she represent other than like lost innocence? Because mm-hmm. she never comes back. Because at first I was like, oh, that girl will come back into the story at some point.
0: Oh yeah, the girl on the bike, yeah, the little
1: girl on the bike, and then she's like hopping and everything. She oh never, yeah, the, yeah,
0: like you never, yeah. You after never, is
1: it like your is so what is it a metaphor for the girls' lost innocence when they become teenagers? They lose that like tip Naivete—I always say it wrong. They lose that innocence about them, but I, I think there's—I think there's a lot more going on in these films. I think it's another thing that separates it from a slasher. If you and I were talking about Friday the Thirteenth, we'd have been done twenty minutes ago. (laughs) It's true. Um. So yeah. So I think another thing that makes this incredibly effective, this entire series too, is this whole let's take who you are, let's take your id, and let's turn it against you, and let's use your personality. As it means to bring you down. Yeah. Like, I would definitely get, like, attacked by 5,000 books or some really lame, you know, all the horror movie monsters would eat me or, like, you know, something poetic. But, like, think about it. Like, to think that your personality is going to be the thing that ends you is so different, too, from the traditional slasher.
0: Yeah, it's not just, like, grab a weapon and impale or, you know, whatever. Yeah, this one, it's, it's so... It it is absolutely unique because it takes on the aspect of the characters. Yeah. That's an awesome point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, I think that's what always made it so scary for me. This fact that like Freddy was gonna come and you couldn't stop it because it was at during yeah. something essential, and then he was gonna take who you were and he was gonna use it against you. All right, so let's see here. What do you think this this film is saying? A lot of people have kind of said that like there was some like it was wrong of them to market this this series to teenagers which they absolutely do because it's so horribly violent and it's it it really is a call to rebellion and a and a support for those on the outskirts. What do you think about that? Good old Roger Ebert says, how dare they market these films to teenagers.
0: Hmm. I would say like yeah. Like, do we
1: have a responsibility for marketing? No, right? I mean, yeah, uh, like as it's
0: people who grew up
1: on these films and were teenagers when they came out. Not even. We were younger than we were teenagers. We were younger. Yeah,
0: no. I was, I was like six, seven when this came six, out. What is this, 1987? 87, yeah. yeah I was I'm six. six. Yeah, we're six years old when this comes out. Um, and I, well, uh, and I absolutely guarantee you I watched it
1: the minute it came out on video. Oh,
0: yeah. No, yeah.
1: absolutely. So I don't know. Maybe like maybe that's I was seven
0: that's kind of it's like BS, saying man. Uh, yeah i mean that's like saying you know britney spears is not allowed to wear you know that little teeny tiny skirt right. in the midriff because you know my six-year-old listens right, to her listens music to and looks her. and looks up to her like no that's your yeah problem. like that's I, d- yeah. I don't think that the movie owes any responsibility Like i don't i don't know like does it owe a responsibility to its audience
1: i don't not in that way no. if you ask me What I do think it it owes to his audience is to handle the topics it's dealing with in a way that matters, and I think it does. I think from its very kind of grandiose theme of this idea that people don't tend to believe teenagers and people don't tend to trust them, people naturally will be like, oh, they're teenagers, they're hormonal, they're emotional, they're this, they're that. Like, that's an important thing for a teenager to walk away with that level of empowerment from these films. And also I think that... um, the way that these films either ad- advertently or inadvertently tackled issues like minorities and homosexuality and mental health without, you know, being afraid to do it in a way that I think was felt genuine. Mm-hmm. To me, that I think that matters so yeah. much more than the stupid and, violence. Like, and who cares? you know
0: what? If, if you were the type of person that saw this movie and saw this as the call to arms of, like, yeah, this is promoting you know suicide or this is promoting you know which i th- yeah which i didn't if read if it that is the mindset that you're in then it's not this movie you know if it, and if it's not this movie it's going to be the next movie you know like it's this movie is not going to cause that if anything comes of it there's already something that is askew in your life if you're going to say that oh well this movie you know glamorized suicide or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it glamorized drug use or suicide or things like that. Right. If, the, if like you're if already at that point. A, I think it was a morality warning yeah. against
1: the, all those things. Like
0: if you're, if, if that's the case, I would say that, you know, and if it wasn't this Friday movie, it would be, you know, another. Yeah. And like you look at a movie like, like Heathers. Right. Right. I,
1: I think even Heathers owed more responsibility to appropriate responses to suicide this is a freaking horror movie like yeah. horror movies i i think part of the joy of horror is that we don't have to take responsibility for our violence well, right like, like people uh, we, are gonna we get die. To be unapologetic yeah. right um so like it kind of bothers me that so often this series gets attacked and like just you know put on obscene lists and everything like west this is one of Wes craven's more innocuous works if you ask me and like the, everybody was so up in arms because it was like, oh, you're marketing these kids to teenagers yet you're doing this, you're giving them all these horrific things. I don't see it that way. This isn't 13 Reasons Why, you know? Like, this isn't something that's built to raise awareness. You know, the book, 13 Reasons Why, was built to raise awareness on teen suicide. So when a sensationalized version of it comes out on Netflix, yeah, people are a little up in arms. And maybe rightfully so,
0: for some. Yeah, but 13 but Reasons Why also exists, isn't... right. It, isn't it, a it's an horror It's not a horror movie. See that? I agree. And not only that, a known horror movie with a known villain, it's not like, oh, Nightmare 3, who's in this? What's going on? I who's agree. Freddy Krueger? <laughs> like, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know, like, maybe not all the kids are going to die, but there are some people that are going to die because this is a nightmare movie, and that's what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's absolute, that's yeah, absolute I think, crap. I think
1: it's not. And I think it's very typical Roger D. Bert hating on the horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. um. Nancy is the final girl. She's an awesome
0: final girl. She's my favorite. Is she? I love Nancy. Um, I say I love Nancy and I don't know. I, I blur the line. I love Heather Langenkamp. Sounds I love fair. that she started out as an actress, made some awesome movies in my favorite, favorite series and then went on to become a special effects artist. She runs a monster movie house, you know, yeah. with, with her husband and I She just she lives my dream. She lives my dream. Jess versus Nancy. Who wins? Nancy. Oh, no
1: way, dude. Jess will wreck her. Nancy.
0: <laughs> I love Nancy. I do. I. You know what? Yeah. She, yeah. That's she's fair. so creative. I just love Jess. She's so creative in the first one. She is so smart. With her House of Horrors. Oh, my God. She's yeah, the like one that legit. figures out that you can bring him into the real game. world yep. like you know so and then smart. in the third one she's the protector you know she's she the comes one. back willingly she she knows what's going on she's the Put source of knowledge she's the protector yeah she knows what's going on from the moment that she meets patricia arquette's character you know she knows exactly who she's up against and she willingly comes back into the fold she could walk away she could walk away. She could keep taking her dream suppressing medicine and she can just be like, oh, been, da- been there, done that, not doing it again. Right. She goes back in. She, chooses she becomes the protector again. and she ends up giving her life in an effort to bring Freddie down. Yeah. And another thing that I think
1: it, it just speaks such volumes to her is that her dynamic with her parents is so complicated and so not like I think she becomes the, the parent in a way. Oh, to both of them uh to him for his lies and deception and to, her, to the mom because of her guilt and her you know like and and I, I find it such a fascinating take on the final girl too because at no point does she like run and hide and only come out swinging when she's in the corner right like she takes such an active role in her battle with Freddy. and I, she like does not hesitate to like go you know go do the legwork to figure out what the heck's going on. Exactly. So I just, I love her as a final girl. I feel like she doesn't get enough credit in the final girl, like, lineup. You know, like, I feel like she's often overlooked. I feel like Lori from Halloween is always the one Because she's
0: one of the first. Our scream queen. Which makes
1: me mad because Jess came first. Yeah. And you know how how much I love that. Yeah. Um, What's up with this film bringing
0: in religion, though? That, I... Don't, you know what, maybe that's just, like how you were saying, it had its its stance, you know, the second one had its stance on gay rights, and in this one, I mean, not to go to the opposite end of the spectrum of gay rights, but, you know, (laughs)
1: pure, yeah, obsessive religion, yeah, that is, I mean,
0: suddenly, excuse me, suddenly, we are, you know, Freddy can... Suddenly it's a vampire movie where we need crucifixes and holy water to defeat Freddy.
1: Well, do you consider him a ghost? I guess. I, I guess See, I never look I at him know. as a ghost. Like, I don't either. I mean, guess he's... He, he was he dead. He has come back. Right. He he's come back from the dead. Yeah. But he, he's not a zombie. He's not...
0: Because he's not... He's not... Uh, what's the word? What's the fancy word? Corporeal. Okay. You know, like he's... He's he's not physical. He's not real. Like he he has to come back through a dream, so in the yeah, but dream he manages to get into the real world. As and, that's, is part and that's and that's when when you know he becomes physical and we can I don't know like See, it's hard. is he a zombie? Is he a right? ghost? It's, it's is he a ghost- zombie?
1: And if he's a ghost or zombie, how could we possibly in good conscience call it a slasher film? But and then also like this whole like you said the whole like crucifix religion thing. All of a sudden he becomes a manifestation of pure evil. But he's supposed to be a manifestation of me. You know what I mean? Like, So what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to wrap my brain around that, right? Because you have the good of the nun, or the, the god, versus the devil in those hundred maniacs. They clash together, and the battle between the good and the evil makes Freddy. So what is this movie saying about good and evil? I don't know. I think, I think, the sta- I think there's a strong statement for this idea about we always carry this in. Whether it is the original sin, like the biblical term and for the record I'm agnostic at best. Yeah. But I, I like to read this because I think it works because it goes from the original sin to the sin of that wo- you know, those those maniacs to the sin of the parents who kill him to his sin. Then like it's just like these these dirty things in the closet never go away. And that's I think that's a really important theme for this. I think <laughs> Nancy spends her whole life paying for her, her parents' crime. Because it is a crime, as much as we secretly are, like, yeah, we don't blame them,
0: right? You know, yeah, and we don't. I mean, right? I, I don't know. Do
1: we? Do we villainize them? The parents are the bad guys too.
0: No, the parents are the. I mean,
1: I, I, I mean, I more guess, than Freddy.
0: Yeah. Huh. Not saying that one crime is worse than another crime, but it's just like yeah, that evil begets evil. Let's try to. Unvillainize the parents because when you've done something so horrible as abduct, molest, and then murder twenty three children, the parents don't seem so evil when they come after you because you've gotten off. No, yeah, I, so and I agree with that. I think yeah, that's
1: fair. Um, and as a parent myself, I totally get it. But on the same token. Especially if you're looking at it through the lens of the religion itself, which the series welcomes in.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: They, they are sins. And it's what not what the they f- do is, is a sin.
0: It's not the first time or no, I'm sorry, it's not the last time in the series
1: that religion right, is brought about. It, it they play with it a lot. The end
0: of a, the end of the next movie, mm-hmm. the end of Dream Master. It gets super, yeah. And they're in a church and there's, you know, mm-hmm. the whole bit with the uh With the nun, with Amanda Krueger. Yeah. Religion (laughs) kind of, yeah, weaves in and out of the few in the middle.
1: So here's some fun questions for you. First of all, what is your best Freddy kill of all time?
0: Best Freddy kill of all time is Dan in The Dream Child. He's riding his motorcycle (laughs) home and suddenly the motorcycle turns into freddy and like the wires and the pipes start to inject themselves into him and basically he becomes like a living motorcycle and the motorcycle crashes and he dies and that's probably and again that's also stemming from my love for practical special effects like that (laughs) is just insanely badass and i love that one what about you
1: so, okay, so first of all, I feel like a good horror fan will say something like, oh, Tina's death in the first yeah, one. Yeah,
0: Glenn's, you know, right. sucked into the bed, right. of course.
1: But I I am nostalgic for the ones that I remember from being a kid, like the ones that, like, jumped out of me. So even though these regularly get rated as some of the worst, I loved Spencer, the video game kid. Oh, yeah. And how, like, they were in, like, a Nintendo side-scroller. It uh-huh. looked like Mario World. Yeah and literally Freddy gets him and then of Freddy course has the the he has got the line, he's the power, power glove. glove and he's like now I'm playing with power i mean yeah dude that's a no get and you
0: that. know it's some of the most creative <laughs> kills i agree are from those yeah. like terrible in the yeah. middle sequels when mark cuz mark is into comic books and he as you were saying kind of in the dream how you know it's kind of in your world so mm-hmm. your your personality kills you mark turns into a superhero to fight freddy but then of course super freddy who i kind <laughs> of feel like i love super freddy i know and i love that when he kills him because it's like a piece of paper it's like comic book style and when he slashes okay. mark all the color drains out of him and he turns into a black and white picture i don't know i love that kill too
1: but yeah that i feel like that's a really cool kill that's, though I,
0: seriously like the yeah. lesser known the weird well, in the like middle the he gives at
1: the end of that one too
0: Oh, God. He Freddy's gets, one-liners yeah, are just, right. they get, they just That's get like so, well, I mean, like I said, so yeah, in Dream Master. He
1: feels the need for
0: speed. You get the girl, the asthmatic girl, the really smart asthmatic girl that he yeah. sucks, you know, it's she has an asthma attack, quote unquote. He sucks, sucks. all the air out of her. That's a and brutal then, one. Yeah. And then that in that same movie. The girl, the weightlifter girl gets turned into a Uh, cockroach. Which is another one of my faves. Mark, uh, you know, gets the comic book. There's the pretty girl, Greta, Mm -hmm. who gets fed. Like like, something
1: with food, right? Yeah, like 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 he shoves.
0: Anorexia. Well Thanks. that's the whole thing Like she was a model right. And like she would like Go to eat something And her mother would be In the background mm-hmm. Like oh that's like not What model her. to eat Yeah He force feeds Those her Like this of pile disturbing. of slop Yeah, yeah. So, And she so she ends up Choking to death Oh yeah Like that movie Dream Master has Awesome Awesome Creative kills in it For the
1: worst of the films It's got some yeah. of the best um, you know which one Always really Really weirded me out Especially when I was Too little to get All the racial Like the sexual undertones Was the coach The heck was his name
0: The coach who gets Like whipped to death By the towel Oh he gets his hiney whipped
1: Yeah I find that d- I found that so disturbing As a kid Like I didn't get Any bondage undertones I didn't no. get any Sexual I didn't underton- know what it meant I was just I like just Why is like He's getting pop out Literally to death And it was very like, like You don't want to die naked No You don't want to do die wanna naked want to die by towel You <laughs> Like, towel, whip, what are those called? Oh, yeah. You like know the, rat the
0: rat tail. The rat tail. You don't,
1: like, death by rat tail? Oh, what a l- slow, painful, miserable death. That's,
0: yeah, that's, that's right? like medieval. That yeah, one's straight me, medieval. That one, like, 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 that's, that's yeah. terrible.
1: And Freddy, no matter how goofy his one-liners, he still managed to both, I, like, be my hero and my villain. Yeah. Because, while I friggin' thought it was the funniest thing in the world, and I always laughed at the one-liners, I was also very, very scared by the kills and very scared to go to bed on nights when I watched Nightmare films. You know, like, it affected me.
0: Yeah. I think the grossest thing... I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. This might be from Dream Child. Where... (laughs) Like, literally, the souls of people he has yes. killed were on a pizza, mm-hmm. and he was plucking off, like, the head, like, like it a was pepperoni. a meatball <laughs> or a piece of pepperoni <laughs> and eating it. Like, that was... I remember was, oh, that. I don't even remember which one that's from, but...
1: That's definitely... I think that's definitely it, the one with the kid.
0: Yeah, that's Dream Child. Okay, yeah, that was disgusting. That, like, you're crossing lines there. That's Dude, gross. the
1: kid from that movie, though. It doesn't surprise me that he would be the... Right? But that kid's always creepy. In, in everything. He was
0: a creep. He was also he was in a... Um, he was on full house he, he was, was the, the kid from like jurassic park friend. no yeah he was <laughs> the remember in the very beginning of jurassic park when dr grant when the kids like oh dinosaurs are birds and yeah. dr grant was like hey motherfucker yeah
1: like that's what i'm gonna do it to was you know. the same kid
0: what it My was mind is
1: blown i have to look into that
0: yep same same wow. creeper okay. looking kid with like those dark circles he was in the adams family too not the Adams family values, but like the original Adams family. Uh, about Debbie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Debbie. You and your Malibu. Malibu, Barbie. Malibu Barbie. Barbie. No, yeah, he was in the first one. Okay. He was the son. What's his name? I don't know. Creeper Kid? Yeah. <laughs> Creeper, Creeper Magoo. Creeper Kid number one. Um, <laughs> That's Creeper <funny>. Magoo. <laughs> All
1: right. So we talked about why we think this is a fl- slasher film or why we maybe don't think it's a fl- slasher film, but. I kind of want to get into some of the more crazy theories here,
0: if that's okay. Go for it. And I feel like you hate them. Do you hate them? I don't hate them. I just, I don't particularly agree. Okay, so my first
1: crazy theory, and I've actually gotten this backed up by doing a little bit of research. And if you're bored and you have like 18 hours to spare and you want to watch a good documentary about this series, check out Never Sleep Again. It's actually a very, very lengthy film-by-film analysis or just kind of commentary on the series, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, even though it was literally one of the longest documentaries on, on horror I could think of. Um, but it was cool to see all the like, cast members talk about it and to see all the behind-the-scenes footage. But my first crazy theory is that Nancy was absolutely molested by her, her father, and there was like an incestuous relationship going on, that the mother had already died. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. He's, he still has that creepy look to him. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable there. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. The, she's showing me pictures of the, the dream child. <laughs> and and I maintain he's always played like kind of a creeper. Yeah, Even in Jurassic Park, he wasn't necessarily a creeper, he was just you a jerk. Douche. <laughs> so my theory is that Nancy inv- invents Freddy as a way to cope with this situation that she's living in. Mom's already dead. She's imagining mom as like some sort of spirit. She's really after dad. There's a lot, there's an awkwardness to the father daughter relationship there. You
0: gotta give me that much. No, I don't. You I don't, don't see give it me that. In so any of these films? No. Uh, okay, so. The in fact that he makes out with her. Can I make out with her? So, in any film where a mother and a daughter. Have a very close relationship. Are they getting it on? Like just because it's a father and a daughter with a close relationship because the mother. He aggressively
1: tries to keep her hidden from reality and from the truth could be a metaphor for how he's trying to keep her as his own. He's
0: protecting her. A, because the mother is terrible. The mother is an alcoholic.
1: She is terrible. The mother is an alcoholic. Maybe she's terrible because her, her husband's a child molester.
0: Okay, you could speculate. I could speculate all sorts of things,
1: and I will. <laughs>
0: no, well, I this don't, is the fun of it. I, d- I, I, I don't agree. Like, I, I find it. I, I don't even in the slightest. The mother is an alcoholic, and suddenly one of her percent. friends dies, and he's the cop. So he's already going to be protective because he's a cop. Now one of her friends, her best friend, has been brutally murdered. And she was in the same exact house. Mm -hmm. And the suspect of that said murder was in the house with all of them. So now he's like uber, super doubly protective of her. I don't know. I don't see I don't see anything wrong with, with a close father-daughter I, I, I don't get either. any weird vibes. I don't, I don't get weird vibes. I'm,
1: maybe I'm reading something that's not there, but I'm not the only one who feels a kind of gothic feel to that family. And like I, there are there are lots of of critics who would ag- who would agree with me that there's there's something in that relationship that's harmful above the secret. And and that the secret could theoretically be a metaphor for a family keeping a secret like that.
0: Or it could be the family is keeping a secret that they found a dude and they burned him alive and killed him.
1: I agree, and I'm just throwing that out there. No,
0: uh, throw away. That's
1: not one that I necessarily will, will you know, stand on my hill and die on. This one I'm going to stand on my hill and die on. And that is my feminist reading of this film. And my feminist reading of this film is, like, completely much like... Uh Uh-oh, you're putting your glasses back on for this one? (laughs) You want to be able to see? (laughs) Much like... Every other Wes Craven movie, with maybe one or two exceptions, this film is so attached to the male gaze that it doesn't even realize the own ridiculous use of penetration and, and phallic symbols that it has. It's almost laughable. They joke about how much the snake looked like a penis in the documentary.
0: Yeah, that we because like, he was flesh colored. Right. And you so have this. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a giant penis. It's a
1: giant penis. And so just by they colored it green, so they thought it was OK, but it's still this giant penis that basically consumes the girl. And then the next kill is uh, the this after the snake is the tongue that consumes the guy from the the, the hot, naked nurse. So, again, you're, like, playing with the gender roles, but nonetheless, the phallic is still there. Because those tongues aren't normal tongues, dude. Those are, like, straight up, long, pointy grossness. Yes. Um, and then the glove itself is is incredibly, he, like, the act of the penetration, and I know that's a trope that's constantly overdone mm-hmm. with feminist horror, but it's his source of power. More so than someone who just, like, has a knife in their hand because it's, like, his part of him and something he created. Yeah. Right. And he creates it when he was like young serial killer crazy. Right. Yeah. Younger. The other yeah, one. Yeah, that kind of one. So I, I think this film, if you look at Freddie and his murders and his intentions as like a personification of the patriarchy, I think you can read it as a condemnation of the phallic and of the dangers of the male gaze. You know, like, I don't know. I know you hate my feminist I rantings. I hate it. <laughs> I just think you, you educate me sometimes. And I think that, m- in my heart of hearts, I think you can read it as like, "Screw you, penis." You don't have all the power. <laughs> well, doesn't awkward. she
0: technically penetrate the snake? The the the, the, the
1: yeah. She, well, she cons she is consumed by the snake. Which I think could be a metaphor also of playing around. Original sin, boy, yeah. Uh. Because again, another theme in this film seems to be the connection to the religion, and 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 the fact that like it all stems from the original sin. Eve, snake,
0: oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> I love that we always start the synopsis and we never f- we I don't think we no, finished we've the synopsis. we never no,
1: yeah. And when we say we, we mean you. We
0: mean me. Well, because we start to discuss stuff and go off topic.
1: That's true. But if you could be concise in your I telling, should maybe start
0: to write it down. <laughs> I don't think I want you to.
1: I think I really enjoy your off the cuff synopsis. I feel like if you start writing it down, it's going to sound like every other podcast out there. That's true. Like, if people want to read a synopsis, they can just read it. If yeah. they want to listen to Jackie's synopses, oh, gosh. yeah. I'm going to start marketing just you as, like, no, want to know more about this movie? Call Jackie. She'll tell you all about it. Like, And it could be like that episode of Sidefall where they're like, press
0: one. Press one for <laughs> to hear Jackie talk about kids in a mental institution <laughs> 19 times.
1: <laughs> Why don't you just tell her what you want to hear about? Like, like it would be, I would pay. I would I would dial that 900 number. I, I guess there's no such thing as a 900 number anymore, is there?
0: No, I think the internet is took care of that. Uh, probably. Wait. We, oh yeah because yeah i guess i don't know start 900 number
1: see how we do (laughs) but only giving out synopses what do we look like yeah how dare you (laughs) so before we call it a night i want to first give a very special shout out to our ghouls our contributing ghouls who are not here and who we love uh joe and nate thank you so much for enduring the sweet 16 all of april and all of march madness with us we had such a blast and we want to have you
0: both back soon absolutely
1: and another shout i want to give is i had a I I got a bucket list thing done this week
0: what'd you do I Got
1: You a little ink you got ink? the kids you call got, it you got you got a tat i got a, i got a tattoo yeah it's a tribal sim. no just kidding <laughs> no i got that michael jackson tattoo i've always wanted <laughs> it's a glove <laughs> over my entire hand but you know what i'm gonna put a gauntlet down you ready ready if we can ever get to a million followers we have to get Jersey ghouls tattoos.
0: I'm not getting a tattoo. Come on. Like I have small, zero desire to get a just tattoo. Just like the
1: little Jersey devil guy. Like not, you don't even have to do any of the other parts. I don't just want a, little, a tattoo. A million. A million. A million people like our page. If that ever happens, we get little tiny devils.
0: I am getting the teeniest. The sti- I, literally, like
1: I didn't even feel my tattoo. I don't
0: want a tattoo. I'm not a tattoo person. I'm not
1: either. But <laughs> Nonetheless, a million. I mean, I tell you what yours could be henna <laughs>
0: thank you all right done
1: I gotta give a shout out to my awesome awesome tattoo artist Ryan Mahoney from Living Arts Tattoo and New Hope he was so awesome because when I walked in feeling like a big nervous geek because you know this was my first tattoo and I was secretly terrified that I was gonna be like ah, scream and run right. away crying um I sat down in his chair and I looked over and he had a giant return of the living dead magnet and I was like do you like Return of the Living Dead? And he was like, I freaking love horror. And literally the rest of like I don't even remember getting the tattoo because I was so excited to talk oh, to him about horror That's movies. really awesome. Yeah, really cool guy, really talented, like awesome place. I highly recommend it if you're in the tri-state area and you're
0: looking for a good place to get tattooed. So don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can check out our blog and our podcasts and our hilarious wit on our website, jerseyghouls.com. You can also find our podcast on iTunes. If you like what you hear, please give us the five stars, the like, the thumbs up, the subscribe, the comment, the anything that you can do to let the internet know that we exist. We highly appreciate all Of you guys out there that have been supporting us through this awesome fun adventure and thank you as always for tuning in
1: tonight you guys and we hope you enjoyed the show if you have any thoughts about the dream warriors or if you want to learn more about becoming a dream warrior please reach (laughs) out we'll let you know and if you want to learn how to hit that high note on dream warriors we're also available for vocal lessons
0: (laughs) yes I'm sure Dawkin will highly appreciate all the free publicity we've given them tonight I know
1: that's why I won't say their name (laughs) mostly because I I didn't know it (laughs) dream See, perfect. Have a wonderful evening.
0: Uh, Bye bye. Bye.